3: Tangerines are whores.
0: Hi. Welcome to another episode of Brews, Booze, and Reviews, a childish podcast about adult beverages. I'm your host, Knox. With me today is Big Earn. Hello. And no Chris. No. But nope. we are here uh, near Air, North Dakota at Cottonwood Cider House.
3: <laughs> you're doing you're doing superb so far. Superb. superb. As with, the, Chris would say if he was here. But.
0: Yep. Uh, with, with Dan, co-owner, co-owner or the owner and brewer of... Cottonwood Center House. Hi. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing well. Excellent.
3: Oh, no. So, Chris really wanted to be here today, but he had an appointment for his uh, his first free con- uh, consultation on uh, his hair club for men that oh. he's thinking about joining because he's, you know, the comb over isn't working so well for him anymore.
0: <laughs> he was combing so, over? So, <laughs> yeah.
3: And I referred him, so I get a $50... Uh, bonus the next time I go next time you yeah. go next,
1: next time perfect. you go next <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. time
3: <laughs> I would not be a good uh, commercial for them no you're completely bald yeah. now.
0: <laughs> all right well uh hey uh Dan why don't you tell us a little bit about Cottonwood Cider House uh I'm picking this location and and all that stuff I know you can go on your uh the Facebook and your website and check out you know the history of the family and whatnot but like, how did you guys decide to start doing ciders? Like, I think what I've got in my notes is back in 2009, right? When you did your first homebrew,
1: home cider, yeah, home cider. Yeah, I, I'd done some home brews. I couldn't tell you when I started doing that, but first time I made cider at home was probably 2009. Yeah, didn't turn out very well. I <laughs> I dumped a bunch of brown sugar and molasses and whatever I could find in there just to see what happened and. Finished about 11 12 percent, and it, it wasn't good.
3: <laughs> well, you found out then, didn't you? Yeah, sometimes it's I learned, learn. one of the
1: things not to do.
3: Yeah, sometimes learning in life is uh, about what not to do,
1: right? Right, <laughs> Cottonwood Center House. So, yeah, we live out here. Um, we moved out here, give or take 2015, but before that, Stacy wanted to uh move back to this area because this is a three four generation farm on, in her family. Huh? Okay, yeah, they've been
3: here for a while, long time, like. Late 1800s, early, very early
1: 1900s? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. The house we're living in is her grandparents' house, which was their parents' house. So that house has been here since forever too. But uh, anyways, she was a chef and she wanted to move back home to do something on the farm and her father had sold all the equipment and rented out most of the land. So um, decided on apples, you know, plant some trees, see what happens. And so we planted our first hundred or so in 2012, and then 900 more in 2013, and then every year kind of been planting trees and losing some trees and planting more trees. And uh, But it was probably around 2013, 2014, we were like, well, what are we going to do with this? And we thought about uh, a Yupik orchard, we thought about... Um, selling the apples to um i don't know schools or something you know figuring out a uh, some way to distribute them and did a feasibility study as well and and uh looked into uh, cider being one of the options and that turned out pretty well and since i had the background in <laughs> I
3: would agree with that yeah, so far so yeah. far yes <clears throat> so i Good had plan. most of them today yeah yep.
0: how did you find out which trees to plant and and where to plant them and
1: well the th- The thing is, is you can make cider with um, basically any kind of apples. Um, There are uh, varieties that are designed for cider. There's some heritage varieties. Some varieties that are absolutely terrible to eat, but make great cider. Mm -hmm. Um, We've started planting some more of these heritage varieties in the last few years. I don't have much on them yet. Most of what we have um, that are growing and producing out there right now are a lot of eating varieties. And it is twenty, thirty some varieties there, even that we have out there right now. Harrelson in this area is one of the big varieties that grows, and that's um, one of the dominant apples, I suppose, in our cider. But um, it wasn't like what cider or what varieties do we need to make cider? It's well, we have all these apples. Let's throw it in and make cider, and it did, and um, you know, it, it works. It, it you know, it uh, they produce good cider, but I can always get better. I can always make you know find some more varieties and i in the the better i get at making cider the more i want to try other varieties and more i want to get more involved in you know all aspects of it other than just i got apples let's make cider
0: and you you've uh, experimented quite a bit and you even have what are the, what are those dobo ap- apples dogo dogo yeah though you said you described them as like little like crab apple ones but they they make such a great juice that
1: yeah, they're, they're terrible for eating, right? <laughs> but right. really good for cider. Dogo is one of those apples that, I mean, it's, it's a crab apple, small crab apple, a little bit bigger than a marble, I suppose. And uh, it tastes super bitter and super tart, but mixed in, uh, it, can, it can make a very good cider. It's considered a cider variety. Um, on the East Coast, they do a lot of different heritage variety um, apples and ciders out there, a lot of good stuff. But they don't actually get dogo growing out there very well, and they seek after it, but they can't really do it here. It grows perfectly, but you know nobody really thinks to put it in, you know cider and make cider with it. But it does need to be blended. It does need to be tamed down.
0: Now you can't just have the juice from I can't just do a that single varietal. <laughs> it would true.
1: tear you apart. You yep. <laughs> yeah. Oof.
0: But that's, that's great. Sounds you know.
1: like a challenge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I mean, they have that knowledge base to to grow this apple and know that you got to blend it in. And where, how much to blend in to get the taste that you want? That's that's pretty incredible.
1: Well, that's all trial and error. That wasn't mm-hmm. something that I knew. It was just I did it and it was wrong, so I changed it and did it again, and then it was wrong, and then I did it a third time, and then finally got it. So it's it all just basically hard work and trial and error,
0: and, right. and then doing it and you know keeping going until you actually hit something that's fantastic. You know, a failure is only like the first step. That's only your first try, your second try. You're going to get it right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: it's really nice to have that experience and, and, and to have that knowledge moving forward on something that you might want to experiment with in the future. And you can just use that knowledge base to try to not make it like three or four failures, but maybe just one or two instead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and all new ventures and new things that I try and different things that we try, I'm always going into it knowing I'm going to fail. It's going to not work. And I'll, from it, I'll learn and I'll make it better. But it's, it's tough doing something new, knowing it's not going to work, but your failing is going to help you figure out how to do it right the next time. You know, and like you said, hopefully one or two less failures than the time before.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Experience. <laughs> yeah. That's why we get paid the big dollars, right? <laughs> yeah. And then um, you had your first batch out here actually made. Uh, 2015 was your first batch that you made from the cider apples that you have here on the farm, right?
1: So yeah, from the trees that we planted in 2012, they kind of started producing 2015. I think we got um, the equivalent of about 20 gallons of juice from from the apples on our on our trees out there. So that was just in the basement in a ton of carboys fermenting out, trying to figure out, you know, how it's going to work and if it's going to work. and And then after it was fermented, what can we mix in there? You know, what can we... How can we change this and make it? Because, you know, everybody in North Dakota, they love they love variety. They love something different. They love something sweet. We mm. knew that. So um, from there, it was like, let's throw vanilla in here. Let's throw lavender in here. Let's throw cinnamon. Let, and we tried, you know, just everything under the sun, making different kind of batches from probably 2015 to 2017 with all the different apples, mostly in the basement because we didn't have the cider house yet. That was mm. all a work in progress. But I even got one of our... 250 gallon totes into the basement and once everything was fermenting we'd dump it into the tote and then we ferment more and dump them into the tote and <laughs> you know we'd have stuff that were ready in the beginning you know august september so we'd press that out and get it you know fermented and then put it in the tote and then we'd have more apples that are ready press them get them into the tote and we had this big old tote in the basement filled with juice by the end of the By the end of the year that we would just pull from to try different batches. It was kind of a fun time, huge pain in the butt, but it was a fun time.
0: (laughs) And then until 2017, when you made your actual first Cottonwood Cider House cider, Uh, which one was that that you made with Uh, that Cottonwood
1: name? We started with three, three or four, four. We had four ciders right off the bat. And that was our, um, our post apple, which is our dry cider our Cider Greg, which is our semi-dry, our Action, which is our semi-sweet, and then our Hedgerow Hopped. Um, I've always been a big fan of beer, always a big fan of IPAs, so I had to do something hoppy. I'd had hop ciders before, and I, that was one of the ciders I actually liked more than most, so mm-hmm. I had to do the hop cider. doesn't do particularly well. I mean, people around here like sweeter ciders a little bit more, mm-hmm. but uh, like it does me. have followings.
0: You still got to make what you want and right. your passion as well. Right? Yeah. It may just sit on it for but, a while, but, but still. But you st- got
3: to pay the bills. Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's fair and that's good. You know, as long as you stick to what you like, right?
1: Yeah. So we did that. 2017 was when we opened the cider house. Um, got those batches started. And then we did a kind of a tap takeover at Front Street downtown. That was early 2018. That was the first time we were on tap.
0: In Air or in Fargo?
1: In Fargo. Front Street. Yeah. Front but, Street tap room. Front Street tap room. It's got yeah. The
0: cellar underneath, the comedy underneath. Right. Yep. I love that place. I love the owners there. They're great. Yeah. Aaron, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: He, he, uh, we reached out to him and asked him if we could be on tap there. And he's like, sure. I mean, he hadn't even tried our ciders yet, but we went <laughs> over there and let him sample some of our ciders. He's like, yeah, great. Let's do it. And so that was really cool. It was super nerve wracking and, you know, very stressful, but I think everybody had a good time and it turned out really well. So I didn't look back after that, I guess. Nope.
0: There we go. And then from 2017 to 2021, when you opened up the the actual Cottonwood Cider Tap House here on the farm, uh, describe that road. How, How did you get from making your first ones to, to getting this taproom going? Like, sure. Cause you were kind of describing it earlier is like if people would show up and then more people would show up and then more people would show up and what the hell am I going to do with all these
1: people? <laughs> well, yeah. Like when we when first opened and I was thinking, I'm just going to do kegs, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere. Nobody's going to come out here. Um, so we'll just do kegs, distribute through North Dakota and do it that way. But we decided, you know, why don't we just put a couple taps out here, have a few tables. If anybody wants to come out, then we can, you know, they can come out and sample cider or whatever and see can sell bottles out here and see how that goes. And sure enough, a couple people showed up and our first year, we didn't do a lot of business. I think if we had three, four people show up over the weekend, we're like, well, that's cool, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but it wasn't many. But over the time, I think that was, that was maybe 2018 too. Yeah, we just had a few taps and a couple tables and a few people coming out over the weekends. But then it was like, well, maybe we should do pizzas or something. So started doing pizzas out here, the Blackberry pizzas from downtown. Mm -hmm. Started doing those out here. And uh, then more people came and then more people came. And then it got to the point where I was making batches around people that were sitting at tables Or pressing apples around people that were sitting at tables with juice squirting everywhere (laughs) and, you know, apple pulp flying all over the place. And they were enjoying it. I wasn't because I was thinking somebody was going to slip and fall and crack their head open or something. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and it's hard when you're working and trying to get something done and everybody's kind of staring at you, you know, like, oh, well, that's cool. What's he doing? What are you doing? What (laughs) is that? You're you're performing
0: for these people. Dance monkey,
1: dance. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what I was doing. (laughs) And I knew they were liking it. So it wasn't like I could, you know, be against it or whatever. Plus we're getting people out here, which is always a good thing, Mm -hmm. but it was tough. It was hard to work around everybody out here. And then I would get sidetracked. I'd stop and talk to people for 10, 20 minutes when I'm supposed to be doing something else. And so then my day got to be super long because I'm putting everything off and chatting with all the customers. But uh, that kind of grew and grew. And, we lo- well, we lost the pizzas for a while. And this is kind of really, really what made us big is we lost the pizzas for a little while, so Stacy was kind of forced to, to cook, which she didn't really want to in the beginning, but did it just because we needed food. Mm-hmm. But that went really well. That went very well. Everybody was loving that. Her chef background, she was, she's always coming up with really neat dishes and unique stuff and um, never the kind of the same thing. And it's usually only one meal over the weekend, one or two different things to choose from. You know, it's not like a whole menu. It'd be like one or two choices and then pizzas. and That's all we had. But it, it's been working really well for us. But she started doing that. And so then even more people were coming. And so that's where we we're kind of like, we're growing out of this place because um, this is when Everything is done within the cider house itself. And so I think it was the um, the end of 2020 into twenty twenty one as we were thinking, we need to have the tap room, tap room. And so we have our front half of our building, we outfitted that out, set it all up, got more tables, set it up as a you know the bar tap room. And that's kind of worked really well for us. Oh, we got the pizzas back sometime in there too. And between the pizzas and then her cooking, we also outfitted part of our cider house as a sort of pseudo kitchen, I guess. And so Stacey could do a better job with cooking the different um, meals that she preps. So nice. between all of that, um, it's, it's really kind of worked out now. We got outside seating too. So um, now we have space for everybody to sit and I can work back in the cider house without... Bumping Being into a, people or mon- getting yeah. juice yeah. on them. Yeah. No, no offense. No, no, no
3: offense, but there's not very many people sitting outside today.
0: No, there's uh, six inches of freaking snow on the tables. That's why. <laughs> yeah, we still <laughs> but, need to get those tables put away. But you do have seasons, right, where you close down the tap room or, or – because you just recently just closed it down, right? I mean, today's date is uh, uh, November 19th, uh, 2022. And like was it like two weeks ago that you – Close your, you had your final open? Day?
1: Almost three. It was the end of October. We, we usually try to wrap things up by November 1st. You know, the last um, Halloween, right around then is when we close up for the year. Mm-hmm. And then we'll open up again sometime in May. Um, we like to do it earlier in May, but there's always so many things going on and so much spring work to do to get ready that it usually ends up being late May mm-hmm. before we right. get open again. Okay. And then it's every weekend after that.
0: And where are you guys distributed throughout? I've seen it in Fargo, so I know you're, you're in Fargo. Are you just strictly North Dakota distribu- uh, distribution right now? Or, or?
1: Yeah, and that's on tap. Um, on tap, you'll see us throughout North Dakota, on and off at quite a few different places. Uh, Johnson Brothers is our distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't even tell you where we're on tap right now currently because, I mean, one week we're at one place and then it moves, you know, or or they switch it out with another cider or something like that. So it's, we're usually kind of, um, you know, downtown in the Fargo areas around quite often. A lot of different Bismarck places are on tap. Laughing Sun likes to keep us on tap pretty much consistently. They like to um, keep us as their house cider. Stone Home in Bismarck uh, usually has us on tap too.
0: Yep, been there, love those guys.
1: And then other places throughout North Dakota, you'll see us on tap. But our bottles, um, those you get either at the Cider House or um, the markets downtown, the Red River Markets, uh, the Pride of Dakotas, which is going on right now. Mm-hmm. And the Bismarck one, I think, is in a couple weeks. Uh, other different events, um, you know, different kind of craft events or those weekend deals that you'll see pop up. You know, we, we like to try and go to some of those and get bottles out of those.
0: That was the first time I actually got, was able to buy some of your cider. I've had some on tap before, I think probably at front street and I thought it was really good. So I was pleasantly surprised to have a couple samples out of the red river market where I, th- I believe Stacy was at, that I talked to, um, got those uh, bottles from, but yeah, that was good stuff. And I knew we had to get here as soon as possible to talk about your, your cider. And, Again, we we're here, but we had to come here as our last taproom takeover for that booze, booze, and reviews does because I just really appreciate your craftsmanship and and how well your ciders taste. So, had to come here and get it done. But I, I gotta say, out. yeah, I, I gotta say, nice job. You have large open garage doors that you can open during the summer to get in all that nice breeze and outside air in here. It's nice and warm in the winter right now, and yeah, it's very comfortable in you here. Got it uh, looks like eight taps,
1: nine if you count the other cooler. Well, actually, 11, right? 11, yeah. And then I got a few in the back in the cooler as well. Our small batch stuff I keep back in the cooler.
0: And you get a nice variety of all your bottles here as well. So I can't wait to get into these. So let's uh, let's start off with the first one. Our first one today was the Barrel aged Post Apple. Uh, tell us about this one, Dan. What, uh, what is it about this and
1: what makes this one really good?
0: Like, what apples did you use? All that jazz.
1: Okay. Post-apple. One of our four original ciders. um, Dry cider. Nothing added to it. Nothing special to it. No sugar added. Um, Call it post-apple like it's... uh, Like, you know, you have pre-something and then you have post-something. You have apple. And then once it's fermented, you have post-apple. So that's kind of where we came up with the name. Okay. Post-apple. And the... The barrel age is something I wanted to try, and this was um, last year, I think, is when I first tried with a barrel. Um, I've been putting it off for a long time. I've aged on oak a few times, chips and whatnot, but I've always been scared to try the barrel just because I know things can go wrong. You get and leaky
0: barrels. You can barrels. have shit in the bottom of the barrel I didn't see without inspecting it. Sometimes yeah. I've heard of cigarette butts and shit being <laughs> in there, it's gross. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm pretty sure proof wouldn't That's do that That's even worse. To
1: but that, I've seen I wasn't that. thinking that, but now yeah. I'm really worried.
0: Yeah, so you got you to gotta get into the flashlight to look in there, man. It's scary. Yeah, but... Uh, and we like, use proof barrels, right?
1: Right. And I, I their, decided their to their go bourbon? for it, and I figured a bourbon barrel, um, it's going to be clean. There's no way. There's nothing ingrown in there, or freshly dumped. Um, so I didn't clean it out. He didn't clean it out. It was just freshly dumped. I brought it out here, and I filled it right up with cider. And aged it for probably just a couple of months. I would say three months. Not very long on the barrel, but uh, um, long enough to kind of just give it a hint of those that vanilla notes, or the oak mm-hmm. notes, and and a little bit of that that whiskey. Um, not a lot, but just a you know kind of a hair of the whiskey. Uh, you can't you can't uh, you can't overwhelm cider too much. I mean, it's it's very it's. It, Cider is kind of a subtle flavor in itself, and you do too much to mm-hmm. it, and then it's all of a sudden gone, and then it's just kind of an um, you know abomination of whatever you did to it. So <laughs> you want to always try and keep whatever you do subtle, so you can still get that apple and still get that, um, you know, the different notes of a good cider. For sure,
0: I mean, my notes on this one are. Uh, you think it's about a seven point one percent ABV. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, I have a really nice light aroma on this one. The palate, I get some slight funk, but a nice bourbon notes of like vanilla and caramel in there. And uh, for my notes, I got easy and light, super crushable.
3: That was my nickname in high school. Super crushable. No, easy and light. (laughs) A lot's happened in the last thirty some years.
0: (laughs) Now you're now you're soft and heavy.
3: (laughs) A freaking pillow. There we go. Oh, uh, yeah. I get uh, on the aroma. I get that uh, semi-sweet apple. Uh, maybe a little bit of vanilla, which would be probably explain the sweetness I get from uh, the barrel. yeah. Yep. And then on the taste, I get uh, it. Kind of finishes. You get that dry, kind of woody, and then the vanilla kind of. I get it towards the end. Uh, very well balanced, though, man. And that apple, just that apple, is all the way through. So it's like apple, some dryness from the barrel, some vanilla from the barrel.
0: and Because I've had ciders that were kind of like, you know, aged like this, and there just seemed to be like like too much funk, like too much of that wild fermentation in there. But there was just a perfect amount of there that you know that it's from a whiskey barrel. Yeah. And and just having those caramel vanilla notes come out on there because of that, just...
1: And I think if I'd have done a wine barrel or even just a regular barrel, I'd ended up with probably quite a bit more funk and it might have overpowered it.
0: It would be so, fun to do like a port wine from our from our port wine friends here in North Dakota.
1: I think if I did that, I think it would be probably best would be to do a cider and then it would be super strong like port and then dump it and then put another cider in there. And that second time around, that would probably be really good. Mm. like a second round on a on a barrel.
0: Kind of like how scotch is made. They use, because uh, bourbon uses fresh oak, so then they age it in the fresh oak, and then like scotch not, usually does it in bourbon, ex-bourbon barrels, so then they get okay. that secondary fermentation. And then they also can put it in thirdly in Madeira wine casks or you know any kind of those wines, those... Fortified, they quote call it, call it yeah. uh, wines that are, have added sugars to them to get, increase the uh, ABVs on it. So yeah, it makes sense. Second, third use gets those nice subtle subtle flavors, and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
3: what I like about this particular one, uh, the. Post Apple, it was that oh, when Dan was telling us, "This is we're gonna start with the dry," and I'm like, "Oh God, here we go! My tongue is just gonna shrivel up. I'm gonna have to shave
0: my teeth yeah. when I'm done." Yeah,
3: um, <laughs> <laughs> you know this. I still get it's it's a little drier than you know the the ones we'll talk about here in a bit, but um, it's still not like tart, dry, where it's like, no, it just it's, it's good. Yeah. I just kind of want to have some more. It's
0: not offensive, right? I, I mean, one thing I will say about all of the ciders that I've had today. All 14 of them. Great balance. Nothing was was off balance in any of them. I, I Nothing was bad today. Not, I would buy all of these ciders, first of all, for sure. <laughs> we just might. Yeah, we may be. <laughs> See how <laughs> much money we got in the bank. I got a. Yeah, I'm I was going go to Nashville. Of off
3: balance. I was a little bit, but that's only because we sampled 14 ciders. There we go. All at about right around that 7%. Yeah,
0: 6.9. There it is. You got the right answer for the day. <laughs>
3: But yeah, it I really enjoyed this uh, post apple barrel aged. That's yes. just kind Very of much.
1: luck of the draw. They don't I mean, I've over the years, they don't all turn out perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have made mistakes. I have had ciders that didn't turn out quite the way I would have liked. But you learn from them and you, you know, you try and grow from that and make it better the next time.
0: And just the recipes from there, right? Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a learning experience. The longer you're gonna be doing this, I mean Technically speaking, it's been six years, right? are working on your seventh year of doing this, commercially yeah. speaking.
1: Yeah.
3: And so, you were North Dakota's first cider house, correct? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wild Tear opened almost almost right after us, or you know, pretty close to the same time. I it was it was kind of a weird conversation. I remember them coming out to uh, visit us before we'd opened before they thought or before they were gonna start on and we just kind of talked, and both of us kind of thought, you know, we were the only ones doing it, but <laughs> it just happened to be at the exact same time that mm-hmm. we were both coming up with the idea. It's kind of crazy. But yep. that's ne- what this area needs, though. I mean, this area mm-hmm. needed. Um, they needed a Dan good and cider. Stacey
0: and an Ethan and Breezy. That's what this area needed, right?
1: Yeah, it needed, it needed cider. It's, you know, we, we got a few breweries, not as many as like some other cities, you know, like, you know, whatever. You got breweries on every corner, mm-hmm. but we don't have cideries in the area that much. So. We kind of felt that's what this needed. That's what this kind of, that's what this town needed. That's what this area needed.
0: Yeah, and something that can bring the community together a little bit, you know? Yeah. You need of,
3: a you need to branch out and get a, well, what you'd call a brew house downtown or somewhere in Fargo. Like a tap house? Like a tap house. Thank you.
1: Yeah. We thought about that too, but the amount of work that we're doing right now to think about how much more. Yeah. I don't even, Yeah. Too much to pull off right now. I, I don't know.
0: And the downtown's super expensive. You gotta have yeah. to, you're gotta yeah. going to have to sell a whole shit pile of it to, to make up just for the... Just to break even. Rent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to break even. Just to pay rent, yeah. Oh, let's move on to our second beer here. The, cider. C- or the second cider, sorry. And this is the Honey Cider. And uh, why don't you tell us about this one there, Dan? Okay. Uh, the Honey Cider. Also a 6.9% ABV.
1: Um, This would be... Again, straight apple. Nothing else added to it except for I back sweetened with honey. And uh, Use
0: wildflower honey.
1: Wildflower honey. Oh,
3: that's honey all the way through. I'm sorry, I know you were talking, but just oh.
1: so our, with, our listeners
3: know how much I like
1: honey. With this one, I wanted to I wanted to make sure I had a good blend. So I used apples that had been aged um, a nice good long time. And then I also mixed that dogo apple that we were talking about in, in and a subtle mixture of that into a cider can definitely complement it you know it being a cider apple um just can't go too heavy but that tartness from the dogo mixes well with the, the honey i think you know the sweetness from the honey i think it complements each other so kind of one of my favorite batches of honey cider this year i i, I thought this one turned out pretty well look i i, I agree
0: thought, <laughs> i thought it had great earthiness in the aroma and the palate just brings out that, that honey the earthiness of that honey that especially yeah. the specific wildflower honey into the mix in there, it's just beautiful and nice. It's the balance on this is perfect, finish is great. I, I don't really have anything bad to say about this one at all.
3: No, I agree. I uh, I get that honey crisp on the aroma right away, and then that taste is like honey all the way through. I get Honey
0: some f- crisp like the cereal, right, or the actual apple? Well, not apple.
3: quite that sweet okay. as the cereal. I get honey all the way through, and then I, but along the way I get some fruit, and uh, kind of finishes more with the the honey predominant at the end. It Dries out a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy this. This is almost I wanted to say this is almost like a a, a light mead. Mm. Yeah, mead light. If, if it was a little thicker somehow, it would be uh, yeah, that would be a mead.
0: Uh, All okay, let's move on to our our uh, third one before we take our break. And this is one of the one of the. It's in the top three of your most popular, correct? This one? Correct. The pear? Yeah. Let's talk about this one. Um, what kind of
1: pears did you use, or what kind of juice did you use? Well, the pear is like a pear puree that we use. Um, it's kind of a, I mean, most like when the with the pear and the peach and some of those others, we use like a puree that we mix in, and it's a super pain in the ass. <laughs> and it's really expensive, and it's hard to filter, but it really gives us the most natural flavor and the best flavors. Um, I've and this, tried one's,
0: this one's called Pear of the North, by the way. Pear
1: of the North, yeah. correct, yeah. We've tried extracts, we've tried syrups, and we just don't get the flavors we like using those. We've found this stuff that that really works well and really gives it a nice natural flavor and, and really works well with the aroma. And a pear cider was just another one that everybody was asking, hey, are you going to make a pear cider? Are you going to make a pear cider? And eventually we're just like, all right, fine, we'll figure it out and found the right stuff and and made it and and everybody loves it.
0: And it's great because I mean, normally when it comes to alcoholic beverages that have a pear flavor, it tastes like you're eating baked pear. Okay. This is the only exception where it feels like, or it tastes like I'm biting into an actual fucking pear off the tree or from the grocery store. peel and all. Yeah. Pear peel and yeah. I mean, uh, the caramel vanilla and brown sugar I get on the aroma on this alone just makes me think it's a really nice, fine, you know, bourbon barrel aged in something like a Weller twelve or something that's just beautifully done with that caramel vanilla like that. And then to have it be like a non-baked an actual pear with the vanilla overtones just makes this tremendous. It's just smooth. It's got a great mouth feel, uh, and that sweet. But not too sweet finish just makes the balance on this one.
3: Um, I was gonna agree with just about everything you said. It's a light pear aroma. I get maybe a little bit of vanilla. I don't get, what'd you say, brown sugar and
0: yeah, I got uh caramel, vanilla, and okay. brown sugar on the nose. Yeah, I don't and it's
3: not if I get the and it's great in the finish too. Um, I get predominantly to me that vanilla comes through at the, towards the end. Mm-hmm. And then you get that pear vanilla just lingers on your tongue forever. Like it's that,
0: like mm. And that just kind of contributes to thinking like you're eating the skins of the, right, the, the pear, pear peel, itself, like you're eating outside, an actual yeah. pear. Yeah.
3: Which is, I love. I, I, this kind of rem, reminds me of the the honey cider, where it was like I said, the honey flavor goes through the end, through through the whole beginning, middle, and end. I, I get the same on this, that you get that pear flavor all the way through. And then, like I said to me, that uh, vanilla comes at the end. So it's like
0: very enjoyable. It's like having a dull pear cup and then throwing a little bit of just a Tad bit of uh, apple juice in there, and then just eating that, and that's per. I
3: mean, it's good. So when we were sampling this Knox, I said that this, you know, people when they think like pear cider, they think of that uh, Ace. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: Ace. This is the most popular one, right? It, it is. It was the first but, pear cider yep. that I had. Magners too. They do a pear oh, cider right. that's yep. pretty popular.
3: Well, you know this. The, this had been sitting out for a little bit, so it's not like super cold. That's still delicious. That's really good. I think a little bit more of that vanilla comes out.
0: Yeah. the mouthfeel is just so good on this. The pear of the north. Highly recommended by Knox, for sure. <laughs> well. Any other final notes about the Pear of the North before we no. take our first ad break?
3: Speaking of favorites, mine is coming up after the break. All right. Well,
0: stay tuned and find out what that is. We'll I be
1: will be right back.
0: I
2: can hardly wait. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chris Chelsis with Brews, Booze, and Reviews. And if you like drinking like I do, then shop where I do, and that's Bridgeview Liquors in Morehead. They're one of our sponsors, and if you mention that you listen to us, you save 10% off of all purchases. Not only do they have <clears throat> the most knowledgeable staff, maybe minus us, but they also have one of the best assortments of craft beers, They have a great assortment of new and exclusive whiskeys and other spirits, wines, and they have classes every Saturday, which are absolutely phenomenal. So again, go to Facebook, check out Bridgeview Liquors, and drink like me. Not possible. True story. Good whiskey. Anyway, this is Chris with Bruce Booze, and Reviews, and we want to thank our sponsors at FargoUnderground.com. They're independent voices who want to promote fine dining, great bars, live music venues in Fargo Moorhead. The downtown district has an eclectic mix of shopping, entertainment, and great places to work and live. And if you don't believe me, just go fucking check it out. Anyway, FargoUnderground.com also features an events tab, so you can figure out Anything you want to do, whether it's karaoke or hear somebody better sing and hear some live music. And they also have you know trivia at the troll lounge and other places as well. So check them out, fargounderground.com. All
0: right, welcome back from our ad break. And we are here with Dan. What's your last name again? I'm sorry, sir. Heising. We're from Cottonwood Cider House near Air North Dakota. How how many miles are you from Air actually?
1: Uh, we're still considered in air, but air consists of a grain elevator and that's about it.
3: Gotcha. So, yeah, it, I'm it sure there's a fresher breath out here.
1: As Shannon was telling me you have anywhere
0: between fifteen to twenty three people in the town of Air.
1: Give or take. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Depends on whose family's in town or what.
1: So we're we're probably about <laughs> we're probably about two miles from the grain bin. Okay. So I mean, I guess you could say that's how far we are from air, but we're still considered air. Gotcha. All right, so let's get into the, the next
0: one. So, uh, cider number four of the day uh, is the strawberry rhubarb. Now, I gotta say something. This is probably one of my other top favorites that you guys have because the nose on this one was exactly what it says it's strawberry and rhubarb. Like, my grandma made these wonderful strawberry rhubarb like bars. And it smelled exactly like that, those bars.
1: Yeah, the strawberry rhubarb is something we just had to do. We knew after the first four that we made that the one we're going to have to do after that is strawberry rhubarb. Because that's North Dakota. That's what people in this area drink, like. Mm -hmm.
0: everything grows wild. Yeah. That and chokecherry.
1: This is tremendous. This is
0: like baked strawberry and rhubarb together. And maybe even like a jam. Not a jelly, but a jam. A jam is much more fruit, whereas a jelly is just that crap that <laughs> flavor in it. Fuck jelly! <laughs> Gotta go with the jam, the real stuff. Yeah. But this, my God, just like strawberry rhubarb jam for sure.
3: I yeah. get a little bit more strawberry
0: <clears throat> forward. Yeah, yeah. It starts strawberry, and then it you, ends you in have the rhubarb. to have
3: that sweetness from the strawberry, otherwise the rhubarb would be like so tart. And this is just this was my favorite. This was. My pick of the day.
0: This is so good. God dang. That rhubarb finish is just like... I mean, you can. I can feel like the rhubarb strings across the tongue <laughs> <Yeah>. as
3: I'm <laughs> like, drinking this. Like you're flossing
0: with yeah. them because
3: that's how <laughs> strong I, they are. Because
0: I'm one of those guys that used to break off a chunk of rhubarb in the, in yeah. the, in the plant, break off that big, huge leaf and just start... Yeah. Clean the bugs off and eat. it. snapping right there and eating. There. If, a oh, garden, face, if a garden. If a
3: garden.
1: on itself. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, if you had a garden hose, maybe <clears throat> maybe you'd wash it off with a garden hose, you know. But yeah, you'd eat it right away and it's like, oh, that's so tart. <clears throat>
1: mm-hmm.
0: So let's get on this next one. <laughs> the next one is the chamomile blueberry or the CBB. All right. So. Out of all these, uh, this has an interesting color. It's definitely got that, you know, that, that blueberry coloring to it where it's kind of like a chillable red wine color or like a dark cranba- cranberry no. Bartles and James wine cooler or some shit. Ew. I know. Uh, yeah. I know. Ew, I know. <laughs> That's what it kind of looks like. And one thing I mentioned on this, um, I think we had this when it was a little bit warmer than than the uh, chill temperature and I got like a lot of like floral notes and like from the tea, the chamomile part of that on the nose.
3: Um, I agree with you there. I don't mean to interrupt your notes, but I, my first thing I wrote down was almost floral and I wanted to put not quite potpourri ish. Yeah. Cause that's way too much. But, um, then I get like blueberry ish and Mm -hmm. I wrote down, I thought I got some cherry, type of dark cherry notes or something in there.
0: I can definitely see like a wild tart cherry on that one. The chamomile, the herbal notes of the chamomile just kind of blend everything together and it's balanced really nice. And that's one of the notes that I had on this one is probably one of the best balance of weird flavors that I've had, you know, you know, blueberry basil being one of them as well. That's kind of like herbal and then berry notes together. That makes something wonderful you, I mean, you could totally off balance this so mad, and it uh, was just slightly. And, and it was, I have, and it, yeah, and it makes the whole thing like taste awful. <clears throat> but the balance that you have on this batch, man, I never knew that chamomile and blueberry were going to be good
3: together. But here they are. So, uh, Dan, t- tell us a little bit about this. Where'd you get the chamomile? How do you? How much do you know to, how to put in chamomile? Is uh, chamomile? Uh, well, I feel like chamomile could be one of those things like cinnamon where. Maybe less is more?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, the idea for chamomile blueberry was my wife's idea. Uh, with her chef background, she just kind of comes up with good combinations, and this being one of them. And so then it was just up to me to figure out how to make them work together and how to get the right amount of each. Uh, the chamomile is a chamomile flour that we ordered, so big, big uh, 20 pounds of dried chamomile flour flour. Throw those into a bag to steep into our cider. It has happened on previous batches where I've gotten too strong with the chamomile and that's all you could taste. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this one did come out. (laughs) Yep, one of those. (laughs) This one did come out much more balanced. You can get that fruit flavor. You can get that blueberry in there um, mixed with that chamomile. Like, kind of like you're saying, that chamomile just kind of coats the whole thing, but you get other things going on as you're Mm. drinking it. So it's just it's just a nice, I mean, Camel offers that relaxing um, quality to it. So it's just...
0: Kind of like smelling lavender. It just kind of makes you relaxed.
1: Yeah. And if way. I can figure out how to do a good lavender cider, I I'd sample, I did a sample one once and I thought it turned out pretty well. And then I've tried other samples since then and nothing you know, worked for me. Nothing made I mean, it's with lavender, you, you are definitely fighting on that urge of, is it going to taste like soap or is it going to taste like a cider? Mm-hmm. Right. And, I, was, I was just
3: thinking soap was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. When said,
1: and you have to, you have to get that just right. And I haven't yet. I'm still working on it because lavender is really kind of a cool flavor too. And it's well, more of an aroma that you'll get as you're drinking it, but done right. I think it can, I think it can compliment a cider. It's just hmm. haven't mastered it yet. so,
3: Blueberries, I don't think, are a, a really super sweet fruit. No. Are they? No, they're actually more kind of a, a little tartness in there.
1: But then but, to make blueberries taste good, you want to add like a little cream to them or something if you're eating straight blueberries. And right, that's yeah. I'm like, oh, this is good now. Mm-hmm. So it, it needs something to it, yeah.
0: There is a bit of bitterness in the in the actual blueberries.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't get a whole lot of that
3: that mm-hmm. tartness on this. It's, and it's not really sweet either. It's just like that, right?
0: perfect blend
1: i think that chamomile probably tames the tartness just a little bit okay yeah all
0: right let's move on to the final cider of the day and this is the hops and berry uh, dan tell us about this hops and berry how'd, how'd you get this recipe and what made you think of this idea and
1: um this idea was kind of you know given to me in a roundabout way um there was a a tap house on Western North Dakota, I think Williston, called Hops and Berry. And they're just like a self-serve tap room where you can just go and pour your own, I don't know, you like got 20, 30 taps or something like that. And they contacted me and said, hey, could you do me a, uh, a cider for us? And so I started thinking, a Hops and Berry cider, that's weird. I'm like, well, yeah, let me mull it over and see if I can't figure something out and get back to you. And... Um, my wife and I talked about it, and her, with her background again, uh, said, "You know, BlackBerry that just might work with hops." And then,
0: and, and then, what kind of hop, hop profile do you want as well?
1: Yeah, and it's got to be the floral. It's got to be the, like the citrusy hop. It's got to yeah. be the you know, you got to get a very citrus forward, maybe a little bit of the floral to it, but um, you can't you can't go earthy on a on a sweeter no nope. <laughs> with a sweeter cider. So. Yeah, so I, I stuck with the, the Azaka and the Cascade. The Cascade has worked for us for a while, and that's an easy-to-get hop and very prominent. When I contacted them again, they um, they said, well, you know, what do you think? And I'm like, well, yeah, we figured we'll do, like, a blackberry and hops. And they're like, oh, we are just thinking you would just make a cider for us, like any kind of cider. Like, uh, we've had this banana cider that was really good. I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't want to do a banana cider. I want to do hops and berry. And they're like... All right. Well, if you think you can pull it off, you know, let's give it a whirl. And so we played around with uh, the recipe for a while. It took us a while, but uh, the blackberry with those two hops and then just a little bit of sweetness to it just seemed to come out right for for what we were looking for. You get the aroma and the hops, but then you get the berry in the in the drink, in the in the taste, the flavor, the, the flavor profile. Oh, for sure. So that's kind of how that one came about.
0: On the aroma, I got, I just got good sweet, berry nose. I mean, it's just really pleasant. I, and, but I do get a little bit of that bright citrus kind of nose mm-hmm. from the from the hops too. But like right, I get hit, I hit first with that berry, and then like almost like a, a berry incense, and then it gets into that uh, that good cascade in the Zaka hops nose.
3: First thing I wrote down on the aroma is hoppy, and then. Some sort of dark fruit in there. I it couldn't quite pinpoint if it was blackberry. I'm not sure if I know what blackberry tastes like, but um, very hop forward on the aroma, but the taste is very berry forward. It, it's yeah. weird. That was the first thing. I'm like, oh my god, this is very berry forward, semi sweet, semi dry. And then I like, I thought I had got some strawberry in there. I don't know. Do you still it get it? A little bit. But probably only because I wrote it down, so it's in my head.
0: <laughs> so but hops, that, but that and ho- berry,
3: mm-hmm. hops on the aroma, berry on the flavor.
0: But it's it's just it's so genius. strange how how the the hops balances out the sweetness of the berry and makes it a more interesting and flavorful experience on the on the beverage and the taste itself. I never would have thought to add those things, but here we are. And now that it's been a minute. I
3: get that blackberry at the end. Mm-hmm. Just for days now it's just blackberry on my
0: tongue. Yeah, it's it's very much like a blackberry jam. Ah so good. Or preserve or something like that. The finish.
3: Well, damn Dan, mm-hmm. it was a tough decision on which six we should do. Cause we actually had talked about the uh, the barrel aged college try before. Mm-hmm.
0: And the apple cinnamon on our last call. Oh, yeah, that of apple cinnamon
3: was so, so good, too. You but, can't go wrong with that. There's but we already you know, talked it, about that one, so yeah. that probably would have been my third favorite.
0: Uh, it probably would have been my second still out of everything. And the, the mule was really good, too. There's yes. a lot of good you know ginger beer and lime. The lime on that is huge on the, on the, on the finish on that. I,
3: get, I got a lot of lime on the the flavor, and I thought more ginger on the aroma again. Yeah. But I yeah, I got about a bo- couple bottles of that cuz I think Ann's going to love that. And then there was the uh the Sizer. The cider. And that was uh cider fermented with honey. Right. I really like that and it was you said it was kind of a what was the zest zestar?
1: The Apple? The Apple was a Zestar apple. And oh. it was an 8.5% ABV.
3: Wasn't that the big planet Luke Skywalker destroyed? <laughs> no, that's the Death Star. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't a planet. My bad. It was a weapon. <laughs> so you, oh.
0: So, oh
3: with a Z. Jesus Zestar. God, right. Okay,
1: okay. That's funny. One of our employees had said that too. That, where's that uh, Death Star <laughs> sizer you got? You have the Death Star. See? <laughs> I, I like that guy already.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so with Dad that. Dad jokes for days. <laughs> okay. um, but hey, Dan, why don't you give us a little bit of information about uh, how people can get to know Air uh, North Dakota and Cottonwood Cider House particularly? particular. You got a website and you are on Facebook, right? Correct. Uh, what's the website address? Uh, CottonwoodCiderHouse.com. Okay. And same thing on at on Facebook. Uh, not on Instagram, not on TikTok, not on Twitter. Correct? No, no, we're not. Uh, I
1: don't think very Matt many people will be s- on Twitter media. pretty soon. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, <sighs>
0: because Elon Musk bought it. I don't know. Well, I think he's That's trying to, to in the ground. <laughs> 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 it's a tax. Maybe. It's a tax break.
1: Yeah, <clears> tax <throat> anyway, anyway, right off Sorry.
0: Kind of like how Batgirl was scrapped because of a tax write-off. Anyways, so we'll head over to Cottonwood Cider House on both Facebook and. Uh, cottonwoodciderhouse.com. Uh, what's the address out here for the Tap House when you're open
1: in May till October? Yeah, open uh, on the weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, 14481 25th Street Southeast, Air, North Dakota. AYR. Yeah, it's basically the Argusville exit on I-29 and then 23 miles west.
3: It's a easy drive. It's a straight shot. Yeah, it's like yeah. the straightest road I think I've ever d- driven. <laughs> I was in. just
1: saying that today. Like, it's like straight. You can see There's it. no curves anywhere. <laughs> Which <laughs> is good because <laughs> in the winter
3: that's rough.
0: Yeah. yeah. So we head over there. Um
3: <laughs>
1: and how can people get your ciders Either this time of the, the year? This time of the year? Uh, um, well we're at like, we're at the Predator this week, otherwise contacting us directly um and coming out on the weekends. You know, you can pick up bottles. And then once we open in May, you can get our bottles here or at, uh, starting in July, we'll be at the farmers market downtown. We're there every weekend. So every weekend, you can get us in downtown Fargo um, come July. But yeah, you know, not too many places. I can't make enough yet to oh, go <laughs> everywhere keep, yet. We're going to keep draining you out, out of the need to hire here. a couple people,
0: <laughs> make yeah. some more cider. Well, we're coming home with seven bottles each, for sure. We're going to uh, spread the word to our friends and stuff like that. about. Oh, no, sh- those are all place. for me. Well, you got your seven. I got got my seven over but there. But these
3: would make a great gift.
0: Yeah, for sure. God but uh, well, hey, you want to thank our sponsors for supporting our show, we want to thank you, our listeners, without whom this podcast couldn't happen. And to you we say, may, may your glasses your be full and your spirits high. high. Cheers.
2: Well, those are that was, those are dense classes. They, they are. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> this has been a Predica Productions episode of Bruise, Booze, and Reviews. Follow us on all social medias at Bruise, Booze, and Reviews. Special thanks to our sponsors for supporting our podcast. You too can support our show by supporting them. We have merch for sale and additional content available on Patreon. New content coming always because it's fun to come always.